but here I was suddenly uh, later in 2015, starting to get a few clients coming in, starting to do some teaching for General Assembly and having to figure out how I'm going to work from home and be productive because it wasn't easy. Uh, it, it, yeah, it sounds easy and it sounds fantastic and it just sounds like I can roll out of bed, make a coffee and be at my desk five minutes later and, you know, but it just, it's not like that, especially early on. It really takes you some time to establish. Ben Collins' story is an interesting one. He went from forensic accountant to creating and selling online courses about Google Sheets. Talk about niching down. But we talk about more than that. We do talk a lot about that, and that's incredibly interesting. Uh, but we also talk about being location independent and what it's like moving from an office to working from home with a family at home and all sorts of other great stuff. There's a lot of really good stuff in this episode. So let's just dig right into it. Before we get started, I want to tell you about my online membership and community creator courses. So I know that when you want to learn something new, the natural thing you probably do is go to Google or YouTube. I do the same thing. And that's really great for one-off projects. I uh, used a YouTube video to learn how to change a light switch in my house. Uh, but I am not a big fan of YouTube for learning new skills, right? Because there are lots of videos on every topic. But which one is best and who do you trust? What order do you even watch the videos in? And will you get the support you need? These are all things that YouTube or other potentially free videos can't do for you. So uh, I started Creator Courses a few years ago with the idea of uh, just putting online courses out there. And I decided to morph it into a membership last year. So uh, stop wasting your time hunting and pecking for the right learning resources and tools. Over at Creator Courses, you can become a member and take all of the courses that we have to offer uh, included in that membership. And those courses focus on everything from just basic WordPress up to learning how to build websites without code, something you don't necessarily need to do uh, in this day and age. And all of the courses are developed by me. Uh, and if you listen regularly, you know that I've been a developer for decades at this point. And uh, I have lots of experience building websites. I'm a teacher at heart and I've created courses for LinkedIn learning and things like that. So uh, on top of the courses, we're also a community and members get access to forums and Slack and office hours with me. And so I just wanted to let you know about that and encourage you to join if you haven't already. Uh, listeners of the show, exclusively for listeners of the show, you can save 15% on all memberships, including the lifetime membership. All you have to do is visit creatorcourses.com slash build. That's creatorcourses.com slash B-U-I-L-D. Thanks so much. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that today? My guest is Ben Collins of benlcollins.com. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about location independence. Uh, I know that a lot of us are self-employed and we may have that benefit. Ben's going to tell us how to make the most of that. Ben, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on your show, Joe. 
thank you so much for joining me. I uh, I see you have some. So uh, the listeners don't know this. This is not a video podcast, but we do have the video turned on. And I see some great artwork in the background already at the solar system and the success iceberg. I really like both of those. So we're already off to a really good start. I like your office. <laughs> cool. Yeah, um, we, we can talk about that. Sweet, That's sweet. Sure. So uh, we we were connected uh, basically because uh, you are living a bit of a location-independent life. Is that right? That's right. Uh, yeah, I work for myself and mostly work from home. Awesome. So uh, why, don't we, why don't we start with who you are and, and what you do and go from there? Sure. So uh, my name is Ben uh, from England, but I've been living here in the States now uh, for about eight years. And I f- used to be a forensic accountant, so I worked in a corporate law firm with lawyers, uh, spent a lot of time working with Microsoft Excel. And then um, around about five years ago, moved across to G Suite, uh, picked up Google Sheets and started building solutions for, for myself and clients using Google Sheets and writing about it um, you know, in a blog. And there really isn't much information out there about Google Sheets, or there wasn't rather five years ago. And so these blog posts kind of caught on and led to more client requests and, and a little business just grew from there, really. Uh, and so today, I, um, I have online courses, I teach workshops, uh, and have a handful of clients still. Um, and, and it's helping with primarily Google Sheets and G Suite. Wow. Work. Yeah. So that's already uh, insanely interesting. We're like three minutes in. <laughs> uh, so you used to be a forensic accountant. What I think I know what that means, but what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. Uh, it means it's an interesting part of accounting, <laughs> I guess. And um, you know, you work with so what the work I was doing was was sanctions based cases. So it was businesses that had done work with countries that they were not supposed to be doing work with. Wow. So you know, business with Iraq or some yeah, some, yeah. Or Iran or somewhere, uh, and they were being um, hauled in front of the DOJ and being told to explain themselves. And so as accountants, we would look through the transactions and try and find out, uh, separate the good ones from the bad ones uh, to make, uh, find out how big the problem was and then the lawyers could build a, you know, a case around that. So it was, it was super interesting when we did our strategy sessions or we had meetings with clients and things, but then you'd then spend the next month going, looking through you know, half a million records, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, that was, I guess, not as interesting. But I did learn all about data analysis, uh, Microsoft Excel, SQL, uh, and that's how I sort of really fell in love with the data analysis and technical side of things, uh, which led me to you know doing the job I do today. Yeah, wow, that's that. I mean, that sounds super cool. I'm sure, like sifting through. My friend used to be an auditor for Price Cooper, right? And, yep. Uh, I I. He would tell me things like, you know, there could be like a million dollar discrepancy and it didn't even matter what these companies. And that was interesting. <laughs> I don't think the rest of it was very interesting to him. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wow. have to ask where that million dollars went. Yeah, right. I'm wow. like, I'm like, what do you mean like a, a million dollar like the the two columns are off by a million bucks. It's crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. but I guess for like a multi-billion dollar company, it's like, oh, a hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah, right. Um, cool. And so 
you kind of gained your chops for what you eventually went into doing client services and now products for, which is Google Sheets. This is really interesting to me because uh, I'm, I'm not a heavy Google Sheets user, but I try to do interesting stuff in Google Sheets and I can never find the exact right formula or whatever <laughs> to do what I want to do. Um, so what's, what's some of the stuff that you can like bend Google Sheets to your will doing? <laughs> so, you know, all sorts really. It's really what, what I love about it is that, or for me anyway, it's it's central to not only the client work and the teaching I do, but just for me to run my own business as well. Uh, so, one example that's sort of a serious example, if you like, that, that's helped my business is that I get students to provide feedback for my courses through a Google form, which then goes into a Google Sheet, and it was becoming impossible for me to to reply to all those people. Because I would open the Google Sheet and there'd be a hundred rows of data of mm-hmm. feedback, and I just can't spend two days emailing right. every one of those people because I'd have another hundred blank row, another hundred rows of data underneath it by then. Yeah, and so I built a little tool with Google Sheets and with AppScript, which is the coding language, that would write those hundred draft emails for me with all the feedback in and and with some uh, generic thank you type language up at the top and and, and that kind of thing, and that would be tailored depending on the uh, what the feedback was like. If it was good feedback, it was an, you know, a very positive thing. If it was yeah. not so good feedback, it would be, I'm sorry to hear you were disappointed with the course. sort of. And then those 100 ja- emails are just sitting in my draft folder of Gmail, so I can click and open them one by one and, and then add something personal and hit send. And it just allows me to fire through, say, 100 in, you know, in an hour, maybe, rather than yeah. a day and a half. So that, that, yeah. that was... Something I built about a year ago, and that's really just helped me um, reply to feedback. I actually have a, a a a number, a fair chunk now waiting in the, the draft folder I need to get to. But um, it's allowed me to keep mostly on top of that wow. <laughs> piece of my business. Um, that's wild. So, like, I'm so like the feedback. I'm sure there's like a score, and like based on the score, actually, like- yeah, there's a score, and that's one factor. It also, uh, well, I I had it set up at one point to run. Like there's a a paragraph of text, mm-hmm. and I can send it over to the natural language processing API of G, of Google, and and it gives me back a score of whether it was like oh they liked God. it or they didn't like it. Um, <laughs> but it would also it was never it wasn't perfect, so I just right. I ended up actually um, sort of cutting that piece out and just basing yeah. it on the score uh, and keeping it pretty generic. But there was a, there's a lot of potential there. Uh, yeah, so it, was, that was, it was fun to build as well. Man, that's super cool. And so. Actually, uh, so you got really good at this, and then you built a freelance business on top of this. So, like, would like other accounting firms or like, like who who is your client base? Sure. So I, um, yeah, I did all of the work in Excel, and that's sort of how I learned the craft. And then I actually started helping my my wife was running her business on G Suite back in sort of 2013, 14, 15, and so I started helping her with the Google Sheets work, and that's how I sort of got into that world. And one of the big projects that we did was I built a dashboard in Google Sheets for her business wow. for a for a digital sale that she's running. And then that became the very first blog post actually that I ever wrote. And then people started finding that. And it was marketing people initially and digital analysts and things saying, Hey, can you build that dashboard or something similar for me? Actually, a real estate little real estate um, firm was one of the first ones as well. Because they wanted to have a dashboard like that to monitor what each of the agents were doing 
in terms of how many calls they were taking and how many yeah. sales they were making and that kind of thing. And, wow. and it, it sort of went from there, actually. So I would say now it's about a third are digital marketers, about one third are knowledge workers like accountants and, and business analysts and things who have, whose companies have, are on G Suite. And then about one third are a mix of educators and others, I guess. Wow, that's that's really cool. Um, yeah, I'm like I'm like blown away by this. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, and so then, just to kind of keep with your story, your like personal story here, um, there was a point where you decided I should make educational material. Is that right? There was, and I, I from from the Excel world that I'd come from, there were always a lot of bloggers and and consultants and, and people making online courses in that world. So I'd seen that success in the Excel world and seen some of these business models already. Mm-hmm. And so I'd always always been interested in that idea because I've done some teaching when I was at college. I did a year of, of sort of mentoring slash teaching to a small group of first-year students. And then I taught a tennis class for a couple of summers and things like that. So I, I enjoyed teaching. My, my mother was a teacher. And so I'd always had this idea one day of, maybe I'll do some sort of kind of like an online course. Um, but it had always just been nothing more than just a thought like that. And then I started doing this Google Sheets stuff and uh, you know, started working with the clients. And after about a year, I'd been building up the blog and realizing that, hey, there's, this, there's a, an opportunity here because there's no real material outside of what Google have created for Google Sheets at the moment. It was, this is five years ago. Yeah. And well, even and so today, thought, it's like not great. There's not as much. It's yeah. growing a lot, but it, it's yeah. still, um, yeah, it's still, it's still an opportunity there. I think. Yeah, and, absolutely. And so, um, yeah, around about 2016, very beginning of 2016, actually, I said, okay, you know, time to put my money where my mouth is and really see if this is, you know, something that can be successful or not, and can I see it through, and and would I enjoy doing it? So I decided to create a course about dashboards because that's what most of my blog posts have been about, and it was quite popular and uh, seemed to be actually mainly because the blog posts had done well it, it sort of chose that topic for me because I thought well if I'm getting traffic to those posts then there's more likely that I'll be able to sell a course than than something totally brand new so I thought it'll take me a couple of months to do and I started it sort of spring of 2016 and I think it was a year until I actually launched it <laughs> because you know what these things are like when it's something new I had to learn the technology of recording mm-hmm. uh, which yep tools to use, how to do screencasts well, um, how to build the materials. Then I got busy with client work, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, the usual stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. You are, uh, you're singing the song of many. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like, it looks like you're using Teachable for your online courses. Is that right? I am. Cool. That's right. So actually that's one of the other choices early on was, um, you know, I was looking at, I, I'd only ever heard of Udemy. Mm-hmm. I think when I first came up with this course idea, so I just figured I'd do that. Then started to do some research and found out about the way the Udemy model works versus the platforms like Teachable or Thinkific and things, where it's they're more like you know a WordPress for course creators. Yeah, they're more you, like you build nice your own to their content creators. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. The, the, the biggest difference, the one thing I just kept in mind was uh, Udemy. They're Udemy students, and I'm providing course materials, right. whereas. On my own platform, they're my students, and I can contact them directly, get their emails, and, and build a business on that. And, and really, once I'd done that 
understood that nuance, that difference, then it was an obvious choice to, to go with Teachable for the long haul, even if I meant it meant that you know it, it was on me then to do all the marketing and build the audience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, long-time listeners of the show will know exactly how I feel about you to me, but I, I'm, I don't have many kind thoughts about them <laughs> because I am a course creator and yeah. I created a course for them and it, it didn't work out in a very spectacular way. Like, so um, I just don't like the way they run their business and I don't think they're kind to their content creators. Yeah, I think that uh, unless you become one of the sort of mega stars yeah. with the gigantic volume, then it's, it's pretty tough when they sell your course, which you've taken six months to create for $10. Right. And because of it's an affiliate link as well, you, get, you end up getting $2.50 or something. And right. I, when, some, when someone sort of explained that, I thought, well, I'd rather sell 10 courses at $100 myself than yeah. you know, 100 at $2.50 or whatever there. Yeah, that's exactly. So, yeah, that's exactly right. And and the quality of student that you'll get on your own, you know, I yeah. people would essentially reach out to me and be like, "Give me your course for free on Udemy." And I'm like, "If you can't pay ten dollars for this course, like, I'm, this is not. not I don't think you're ready for, for it." Yeah, 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 yeah. But this is neither here nor there. That's not a, a Udemy. This is not a Udemy bash session. Um, this, that's the second time I've said that in an interview for this season, by the way. Uh, so maybe I'll have <laughs> yeah, to I do mean, an episode. I, I, uh, <laughs> um, there's people who've had huge success there, so I think, yeah. and it can work. You know, if you're people, it can be a good way to build, grow an audience if you don't have one of the things. Um, but uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't for me. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. Do you remember when you started your small business? It was no small feat. It took lots of late nights, early mornings, and the occasional all-nighter. Bottom line, you've been insanely busy ever since. So why not make things easier? Well, my friends at FreshBooks have the solution. FreshBooks invoicing and accounting software is designed specifically for small business owners. It's simple, intuitive, and keeps you way more organized than a dusty shoebox filled with crumbled receipts. As a side note, I actually told my accountant the first time that I used the shoebox method and his face turned white. But in actuality, FreshBooks was one of the first things I bought when I started my business. I've been a FreshBooks user since 2009. It's easily the best accounting and invoice software for small business owners like us. Create and send professional looking invoices in 30 seconds and then get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. Nothing is better than sending out an invoice and getting it paid in the same day. That's happened for me with FreshBooks. You can also file expenses even quicker and keep them perfectly organized for tax time. And the best part is that FreshBooks grows alongside your business. So you'll always have the tools you need when you need them without ever having to learn the ins and outs of accounting. Now, there are a lot of features on this list I have here to talk about, but I'm going to pick two of my favorites. The first is late payment reminders. They are clutch. It's one less thing that I need to worry about when making sure I get paid. I don't have to keep track of exactly when I sent the invoice, and if I already sent a follow-up email, or whether or not they viewed the email, all of that is taken care of inside FreshBooks. The other feature I really like is the automated expenses. I connect my business credit card to FreshBooks and my expenses automatically get imported. They are all there, 
ready for me and my accountant to review. It makes tax time easier for both of us. And it's no secret that I love automation and these two features make my life a lot easier. After doing things by hand, FreshBooks is worth the price of admission just for those two things. So join the 24 million people who have used FreshBooks. You can try it for 30 days for free. No catch, no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash built it and enter how I built it in the how did you hear about us section to get started. That's freshbooks.com slash built it. That's built with a T. Thanks so much to FreshBooks for supporting the show. And now let's get back to it. So you got your your whole course stack set up. Um, you're running a completely digital business. And so that enabled you to be location independent. So let's let's set the stage for that uh, too. When did you decide to be kind of like a digital, I don't know, I don't know if digital nomad is the right term, but um, location independent? Yeah, so it was uh, end of 2014, I had left that accounting job. And so starting really in 2015, I was thinking, okay, I want to do my own thing. And actually initially I wanted to be a web developer. So spent the first half probably of 2015 trying to to do that. Uh, and that was not really working, but I was living, I was working from home. So I would either be in coffee shops or from uh, just from the sort of home office. Uh, and then right around about that same time is when all of the Google Sheets business side picked up and I started getting clients. So it, it meant I didn't have to go back to doing my old job. Nice. <laughs> I could keep rolling, you know, with with going the flow. And so, you know, I, I sort of, I'd never really set out to be location independent because I, I, you know, I, I was hoping to apply to web development jobs and just end up working in another office for, but doing web development instead of accounting. Um, but here I was suddenly uh, later in 2015, starting to get a few clients come in, starting to do some teaching for General Assembly and having to figure out how I'm going to work from home and be productive because it wasn't easy. Yeah, it's, uh, if you're not it, used to it, especially, it's really tough. Yeah, it sounds easy and it sounds fantastic and it just sounds like I can roll out of bed, make a coffee and be at my desk five minutes later and, yeah. you know, but it just, it's not like that, especially early on. It really takes you some time to establish a good work routine. Yep. You have to get your office set up so you're productive there. You have to, um, you know, set up your computer now because your home computer is also your work computer. Mm-hmm. So you've got to make sure that you're not just firing up Netflix or, you know, you open your screen and the Netflix movie from the last night is still showing. You're like, oh, I'll just finish it off before I start working. <laughs> uh, so it's just, and it takes time. You have to be disciplined. And I think you have to surround yourself with people who support you, most importantly, because otherwise you're just, you're going to go crazy or just not achieve anything and then feel terrible at the end of the week. Yeah, I, I, that is such a great point. Surround yourself with people who support you. Um, I, I remember distinctly not really getting that when I was working, like living at home at my parents' house after college. Cause like I've worked from home for like basically my whole life, except for three years when I worked at yeah. my alma mater. And, um, my parents like didn't get it. Uh, like they're like, hey, can you come up here and help me? And it's like the middle of the day, and I'm like, you, I'm, I'm effectively at work. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You have to imagine I'm at the office now. Yeah, right, right. Of course, like if they walked in and like saw me on Facebook or something, they'd be like, I thought you were at work, and I'm like, I'm taking a break. Um, yeah. 
But uh, conversely, you know, my wife totally understands. Like, she's a nurse, so sometimes she's home during the day, and she, like, totally understands if my schedule is going to be, like, really bogged down or I really need to focus. Like, she'll take our daughter out somewhere yeah. for a few hours. So it's, it's um, having that support is really important. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, my wife was extremely patient with me early on, uh, and, and she, you know, she she'd worked from home as well and built her own business, so she knew what it was all like, and she would just gently encourage me in the right direction yeah. to sort of build those good work habits. Um, you know, so so yeah, you need someone who can who who is going to understand that it's a transition. It's going to take a little bit of time at first. Yeah, but also you know, push you as I'll give you a kick right. up the backside when it's needed, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I didn't want it. I don't want that to sound like I was bashing on my parents because <laughs> they they eventually got it, and they're like, "Well, then close your door," or like, "Fine, we understand from nine to five, like you're not home, yeah, uh, yeah. but like when you're home, be home, right? Like when you're home from the office, you have to help around the house." And I'm like, "Yeah, okay. that's well, that's the other the flip side of it, of course, yeah. is you, it, right? You you finish work at, or let's say you close down your computer at five. It's really important then that you can." switch over to the home mode so you can spend time with your kids and your wife and, and or whoever and and not be thinking about work or not be checking your phone and that takes effort as well you, you know you establish all these good work routines but then your work it's only just upstairs or yeah and that's when you need to build a good routine for also being present yeah home. yeah I, on um the focused podcast david sparks and mike name is slipping my mind but uh they kind of talk about having like a shutdown routine at the end of the day where like... Yeah, that's really know, smart. Actually. Yeah. David yeah. Sparks has like a bunch of automations where like his lights turn red and he knows like it's time to close down and um, he like journals at the end of the day. I've like my shutdown routine now is kind of like journaling at the end of the day and closing down my computer and then telling my voice assistant that I don't want to activate right now to shut off the office and all yep. the lights turn off. And like that's... I, I know it's the end of my day. Um, yeah. It's really interesting. If I don't do that, I find myself thinking about work even when I'm like upstairs. So, uh, crazy. But, um, so definitely having a good routine and supportive people. So, where did you live in 2014? Say. So in 2014, um, my wife and I were living in a in um, Arlington, Virginia, okay. so just outside of Washington D.C. Yeah. Uh, so that was, you know, I love DC. Actually, it's a great city. It's where I first came to America. Nice. And we were there for five years. Wow. Uh, but and and then my wife's business, uh, she sold that business during that time and went to work for the. Uh, so her client bought the business and she went to work there, and then eventually that moved us down to Florida. So okay. we went down to Florida for a couple of years, and I was still independent. So I again, I was working from home, and then because we had young children one of whom was at home because he was under the age of one. Mm -hmm. It was just too hard for me to record courses with a one-year-old in the house. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up actually, re I rented an office for the first time for a year in, in wow. St. Petersburg. Just a little one-person office in a big building. Oh, uh, St. Pete. Yep, yep. Did, did you go to uh, any Yankee spring training games there? No, I didn't actually. <laughs> <laughs> I did go to some of the... Uh, the rowdy soccer games in nice. the baseball statement. That was really fun. Nice. That was really cool. It's a really cool city, actually. We're not yeah. we're not Florida people because we love the mountains mm -hmm. and we love hiking and things more than the beaches. Um, but St. Pete's is a really cool city. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a sort of a challenging couple of years because we had a two year old and a two month old. Wow. So it's like the really intense phase. My wife was unbelievably busy. Yeah. With her job 
uh, and then I was still trying to, you know, I'm trying to build my business as well. So it was a pretty f- intense couple of years, but <laughs> wow. So, um, um, but yeah, wow. So that's wild. So, so you were down in St. Pete. You have children. I like didn't. I feel like it's uncouth to ask that. So I'm glad you brought it up. Um, because that throws a little bit of a wrench in the location and or it a complication into the location independence, right? Yeah, it, it's um. So I mentioned that the 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 wrinkle it created for me was that having a baby in the house full time with with a nanny was just too noisy for me to be able to record mm-hmm. these online courses, yeah. and that's that led me to say, okay, well, you know, can I just find a single room where I can shut the door uh, in a corp- in an office building, and then I can do my recording there, and that worked really well actually for that year. But certainly, uh, yeah, children, you know, they change everything. Uh, you have to just plan <laughs> everything a lot more and, and, and whatever. But it's it, you know it gets easier for sure as they yeah. as they grow up. Mine are four and two now. Okay, uh, and so it's already a lot easier than it was two years ago. Yeah, in that respect. Great. So uh, so after Florida, um, where where did you go from there? And like you could be as vague as possible. I'm not trying to like map your movements, but I'm just... <laughs> tracking it. Yeah. Uh, so we well it was interesting because um, my wife came to the end of her contract with the company mm-hmm. that she was working for in Florida. And so sort of earlier this year, um, sort of in the spring, beginning of the spring, she had finished working in the office in Florida. So we were no longer tied to Florida. Okay. So we decided to move back towards to the Washington, D.C. region. Okay. Because she has family there and we both just love this area. And so we've ended up in um, a little mountain town called Harpers Ferry outside of yeah. Washington, D.C. Nice. And we've got the... Um, Appalachian Trail running past the door. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I'm outside so we, Philadelphia, so I'm familiar okay, with cool. like the East Coast yep. area. Yep. Yeah. And and yeah, we we're loving it here actually. And uh because now effectively we're both working from home. Mm-hmm. Uh we don't need to be anywhere yeah. you know, particular. Uh so but it was interesting. It it sort of you know, we we'd been planning for a little while where we might go and things, and we'd been scouring all of the lists of best mountain towns and and a lot of them are out west, yeah, or in the Rockies. Sure. And uh, you know, I, I lo- love it out there as well. But it's also just—it's a long way from her family. Mm-hmm. And since we're already a- away from my family, we didn't want to be living away from both families because then right. we'd spend all of our time just traveling. Yeah. So we really wanted to stay East Coast, uh, and so yeah, we had—you know—we had sort of three or four places I think on the East Coast, and we just visited each one, or one of us did, and then we just. We just sort of wow. liked Harpers Ferry and went, rolled the dice and went for it. <laughs> yeah, that's... And so, yeah, we've fantastic. been here about, I don't know, seven months, seven or eight months. And okay. Yeah, loving it now. Nice. So, uh, so you have a two and a four-year-old. That's right. Uh, is, is schooling a factor when you, you know, are you, uh, you both run businesses, so, you know, I don't know if homeschooling is a, a factor for you or if you're looking for like a good public school, but is that something that you... Uh, Put into your decision making. It is uh, so. They're both now at a preschool. Okay. Together, the same one, and uh, you know, my, my wife is doing the lion's share at the moment of sort of running the household. If you like, mm-hmm. we always we're very we talk about everything and we plan everything and we and we try to distribute the um, home chores because yeah. it's a. I mean, it's a full-time job to run a yeah. house, especially when you have young children, which For and sure. it changes as soon as you go from having no children to having children. Yeah, Every, absolutely. You, know, you really have to get on top of that thing, those yeah. things. And so 
what we're what we're trying to do with each other is, uh, you know, support each other. And so, at the moment, you know, my wife's really being great in supporting me to, to sort of um, build up my business mm-hmm. um, with these courses and things um, because I think she was ready for a break after the the Florida job. Yeah. So she said, okay, you know, I'm, I want to spend some more time with the kids and gotcha. happy to take on that household side of things for a while so you can do your your stuff. And then, you know, at some point in the future, we'll we'll sit down and rebalance it again and yeah. and just figure that out. So I think that, you know, this plays back into the working from home thing that you have to, you know, separate out again your work and home balance. You have to sort of find out where those boundaries are and who's responsible for what and and just honestly just communicate really well about these things because, uh, you know, the worst thing you can do is let things build up and not talk about them. And then there's this resentment builds in because you feel like, you know, say if I go down and I grab my breakfast and that, and then just grab a coffee and then come back upstairs. And meanwhile, my wife feels like she has to do the laundry before right. she can start her day. Then it's yeah. like, well, that's not fair. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, but at least it's fair if we've decided that's the way it's going to do, because maybe, you know, I'll do something else in the evening so she gets some time there. Or, you know, so I think just making sure that you uh, have talked out what the plan is. And then, you know, maybe like I said at the moment, probably, well, certainly at the moment, my wife is doing a lot of the care for the boys, Um, you know, taking them to school and that sort of stuff, taking them to doctor's appointments. Mm -hmm. But in the future, we'll probably try and flip it back over when she's at a pinch point with work where she really wants to have more time to focus on the work side. Today's episode is brought to you by Smile and their product, Text Expander. Save time typing and boost your productivity with Text Expander. You know I'm all about automation, and Text Expander is a great way to get started with automation. It allows you to create your own snippets for repetitive text you tend to use everywhere. Add the text, create a snippet, and boom, save precious time and keystrokes. One of my favorite snippets is for my address. So instead of typing out my full address and risking typos, I simply type dollar sign A-D-D-R and Text Expander does the rest, filling in my full address for me. I also have snippets for my street, my city, and my zip code. But that's not all Text Expander does. With its advanced snippets, you can create fill-ins, pop-up fields, and more. You can even use JavaScript or AppleScript. Another one of my favorite and most used snippets is when I type PPT. That will take whatever text I have on my clipboard and convert it to plain text. So I'm no longer fighting formatting when I copy from a Word document, a Google Doc, or a plain HTML page, like a website. I also use it for common links, email messages, which I can completely customize with fill-ins and drop-down menus, and even date calculations. I'm currently writing a book, and Text Expander has been instrumental with that. Text Expander is available on macOS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad, so pretty much anywhere you do computing. If you've been curious about trying Text Expander or automation in general, now's the time. As a listener, you can get 20% off your first year. Just visit textexpander.com podcast and let them know how I built it sent you. That's textexpander.com slash podcast for 20% off your first year. And now, back to the show. I think you raise a, a really good point for, especially if you have a feeling like, 
when I was like single and on my own, like I would just like go visit my brother in Orlando. He works at Disney World. Uh, and I would just like work there for a week or whatever, right? Like it was yeah. great. Um, can't do that anymore. Like I'm married. I have a, a child, a two and a half year old. My wife is expecting uh, our second in July. Okay. Congratulations. So thank yeah. you yeah. very much. We're like super excited. Um, actually, as we record this, you're like, one of the first people I told, but it's coming out after I'm telling everybody. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm honored. Yeah, awesome. So, okay. but I mean, but it's it's a lot to think about, right? When I went out on yeah. my own and started my own business in 2016, I left my agency job. Uh, she was insanely supportive, um, yeah. and and likewise, when I knew like she had to work, uh, she's a nurse, so she works 12 hour shifts and. If there was a time where like we didn't have a babysitter, like I knew I could juggle my schedule around a little bit to watch Teresa before we put her in daycare and stuff like that. So um yep. having that regular conversation, because like the flexibility, like you said, is like a double-edged sword. It's like yeah. I can just like knock off in the afternoon and go to a movie or whatever, but like I also need to get work done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and once you do have children, then you've you you have to be ruthlessly uh, efficient and Prioritize yeah. your work because you, you know, if you if you decide to watch a movie for the afternoon, <laughs> you're not going to get those few hours back later later in the day. Yeah, because right. you know you want to spend that time with your children, obviously. Yeah, and then you want to help your partner, and then also by the time you get the children to bed at eight thirty, whenever, and you finish washing up and all that sort of stuff, you're you're way too exhausted to work well. Uh, or yeah, that's work, that has yeah. actually been like such an interesting change for me because like you know I'm. I used to be, a, I'm a programmer um, and like programmers notoriously are night owls. Uh, mm. And so like, uh, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'll just, if I don't get something done, I'll just, you know, wait till Teresa goes to bed or wait till my wife goes to bed and I'll just code. I am so tired at the end of the day now. It's <laughs> like when my wife works, I pick up my daughter and then we play and she has boundless energy because she's a child. Yeah. Um, and like by the time it's time for bed, I'm like, my wife's going to be home soon and I'm super tired. I'm not going to do any, I can't do any work. My brain is mush. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. Well, this is, this has been a, a really fun conversation. I think like, um, you know, aside from just focusing on the work stuff, that's like auxiliary things that small business owners, freelancers, um, people who don't necessarily need to go to an office to work need to think about. Um, what it, maybe we can kind of, uh, end here with, uh, some tips that you've picked up from, being location independent, um, you know, things that you found helpful in increasing your productivity. Yeah, sure. So um, I'll give you three uh, techniques or three things I do each week that, that have really helped me. Uh, so number one is um, I try to, on a Sunday night, just look at my Trello board. I use Trello and, or, and Google calendars to sort of um, organize my weeks, but I try to set up my week on the Sunday night before I turn up to my desk on Monday morning so that, uh, you know, come Monday morning when I sit down at my desk, because when you work for yourself, nobody's there to tell you, you know, here's your, here's what you're supposed to do today. Yeah. You've got to figure that out yourself. So if you can kind of, you know, do that in advance and be that person so that you get there on Monday morning and you just look at Trello or your Google calendar or, or whatever you, you use. And it says, you know, first thing Monday morning, uh, one hour, write your blog post and then, um, you know, then it just means you can start. You're not procrastinating. Yeah. So that's really, so just spending half an hour on a Sunday night to be organized for the whole week really pays off, I think. Yeah, that's that's great. Before you get on to your other two tips, I just want to expand on this. I used to be like very against working at all on the weekends. Yeah. Um, 
because like I used to just work all the time, like before I had a family. Um, but like that, like half hour, like you said, prepping probably saves me like three hours on a Monday morning. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it just sets you up for the week, I think, really yeah. well because you've, you're sort of, you know, you think, oh, I'm now excited about the week because hopefully you are excited because it's your own project, it's your mm-hmm. own work now. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, if someone had said, when I was an accountant, can you spend one hour on a Sunday night answering, you know, looking through emails and preparing a week, I'd be like, I don't want to do that. This is my yeah. Sunday night. It's, right. it's precious. But now, if once the boys have gone to bed, I'm quite excited to say, oh, you know, what's coming up this week? I'm, yeah. you know, I've got this calls on Tuesday and one on Thursday. I want to do this. I want to, uh, you know, finish this project. And just to sort of, me- even if you really don't even write anything down, but you just mentally have prepared for the week, I think it's, yeah, you know, that, that, that definitely helps a lot. It pays off. For sure. Because like you said, there's nobody else to tell you what your priorities are, right? Like on exactly. Monday morning, my boss would come into my office and say like, I need you to work on this today. And then like yep. an hour later, like I actually work on this. Um <laughs> But now you're your own project manager. Yep. So, you know, you have to be ready to sort of crack the whip a little bit and, and start and get things done. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So I'm sorry, I interrupted, I think, what was going to be another really good tip, probably. Uh, well, so, so, so the, the next one was to be, and it sort of actually ties in a little bit there, is that when I first started, I always focused on having to get my 40 hours in mm-hmm. or, or whatever you decide to do. And it's only really over the few years I realized that that doesn't make the least bit of difference. Focus on instead my goals for the week of, um, you know, this week I want to reach out to five new clients and I want to publish one blog post and I want to finish Project X that I'm working on or something. And then just do what you need to do, whatever you have to do to get that through that list. Uh, you know, and as you get better, you'll, or more used to doing that, you estimate, your estimates get really accurate. So you genuinely you know, we'll get through nine out of 10 of them. Mm-hmm. And if you need to start piling on a little bit more, you can do that. If, you, if you're obviously being too optimistic, then you can bring them back a little bit. But I think that the, the sort of goals, not ours, and even in some ways, the, the habits and actions is, is replacing goals as the new way to work, to sort of just really just focus on your, what you're doing, but not, not sort of focusing on the hours. Because then, for example, I, I try and do something active every day, to get away from my desk, go for a hike, a yeah. walk, a run. And you think, okay, well, I'm not working for an hour then. I should really be at my desk because you know every hour counts. But doing that one hour of physical activity away from my desk, I come back full of ideas or I've solved problems in my head or decided how to answer that email that I couldn't approach. And that's a hugely worthwhile hour for the business, for the, for the day. So, yeah. so that's an example of you know goals, not hours, sort of focus. For sure. I love that. Like I realized that um, I would kind of get into like that post-lunch slump. Yeah. Um, and so like I I try to go for a walk every day after lunch. And like you said, that hour, again, saves me a couple of hours because it's like just sitting at my desk, like willing myself to work. Or <laughs> It's not worth it. Yeah, you, it you, yeah. you can go for a walk and you solve all your work problems in your head as you walk. Yeah. And like I feel um. much better and I'm getting some exercise in, which is Another thing that could be hard to do if you never have to leave your house. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, and then the very last one is, is a much more practical tip, which helped me again early on when I was, it was too easy to be distracted by Twitter and Facebook and all the other places that we go, uh, was to use a, 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 a blocker on my browser. It's called Cold Turkey Blocker. And you could just list a whole bunch of websites you wanted to not have access to 
during certain times. So I could say from nine till midday every day, I'm not allowed to look at any social channels at all. And then again, from two till five, I can't look at any social channels at all. And even my emails actually I put into there for a little while, because then it means I just have a block where I have to focus on doing my work. But then at lunchtime, if I want, while I'm eating my lunch or whatever, I can go and, you know, browse around on Twitter and chat to people on Twitter and things and not feel like I'm being distracted from my, from my real work then. So it just helped me to, um, yeah, just stop procrastinating and looking at all of those kinds of sites. Because every time you jump over to Twitter for a minute or two, it's really costing you probably five or 10 minutes from yeah. the lost focus. So yeah, for sure. You know, the, the mental, uh, switching, switching. It, it, yeah, yeah. Costs. Yeah. Yeah. There's a heavy exactly. tax there of context switching. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, I will link that in the show notes for sure. I'm checking it out and there's, it looks like there's a free and paid version and, um, the scheduling is really cool. Um, so I will say if you're running Mac OS Catalina, you might have access to some of this stuff in the new screen time options. But yeah, yeah. if you want something that is uh, a little bit more um, stats driven and a little bit more, uh, we'll say heavy handed, it looks like this This is... <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's the best thought really. It, when you're procrastinating, you're really distracted and you're having a hard time focusing... You know, you need to do something drastic and just yeah. <laughs> block all of those places you like to go and browse. You know, block your favorite news readers, block Reddit if you want, whatever it takes to just put you in front of that blank piece of paper and or, or whatever it is you do and just yeah. get the stuff, get things done. For sure, so. uh, that's that's awesome. So uh, to sum up, the three tips are: uh, try to to plan your week, look at your week ahead on a Sunday night. Um, I'll also add that I do this at the end of each of my days. Um, I'll write down the three tasks I want to accomplish the next day. Um, yep. Just Same again, idea, really. Yeah. yeah, right. So I'm not coming and going, what am I going to do today? Um, focus on goals for the week. I think this is such, this is so great. Because like, first of all, if you're self-employed, you're self-employed um, either because you want to try to make like millions of dollars uh, that you wouldn't make in a nine to five. And then you're probably working a lot. Um, or you want freedom. And um, if you focus on your goals and you don't just say, I have to work eight hours a week, if you accomplish your goals quickly, then you can, you know, knock off and go watch Star Wars, uh, <laughs> which is coming out in a week as we record this. Um, and then the cold turkey blocker. Uh, it looks like a, it's a Mac and a Windows app. Again, I'll link that in the show notes over at howibuilt.it. Um, ben, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I do have one more question for you. And that sure. is, do you have any trade secrets for us? Uh, trade secrets for, for in what sense for just any uh, so I like to say that um, any general lesson that you've learned maybe the hard way that you want to impact, impart on somebody uh, you know I think that the biggest um, differentiator between the people who are successful with their own freelance careers and those that maybe can't get it to work and end up going back to a, a normal job or whatever is just persevering and sticking with it because it's going to take a long time to build and it's nobody's going to notice initially or care uh, about what you write or what you do and so you've got to just stick with it and believe in yourself and believe in your systems uh, and keep going yeah love i love that um nothing more to say that is a perfect <laughs> trade secret uh <laughs> ben thank you so much for joining me today where can people find you yeah, thanks very much for having me on the show, Joe. It was a really great conversation. And 
People can find me at benlcollins.com and on Twitter at benlcollins. Uh, they're probably the best two places. All right, awesome. I will link that, uh, those two links and everything else we talked about in the show notes over at howibuilt.it. Ben, thanks again uh, for coming on the show. Thanks, Joe, and have a great day. Thanks so much to Ben for joining us this week. Uh, again, like I said at the top of the show, lots of really good stuff. His story is really, really interesting to me. And I think it's a really good path for if you want to start selling online courses. It's a little bit of a long game, but you really start to understand who wants to learn from you, who your target audience is, and then the main points that you should maybe cover in an online course versus the more specific uh, questions and use cases that you get from, say, consulting. Uh, I think I'm going to go out on a limb and say his most important piece of advice in this episode was to surround yourself with people who support you. If you're a longtime listener of the show, you'll know that when I left my full-time job back in 2016 or 2017, rather, uh, shortly after my daughter was born, I would not have been able to do that uh, with any amount of confidence unless I had the support of my wife, uh, which was integral to me being able to start the business. And of course, I had uh, the support of my in-laws and my own parents as well, which uh, again, is even at I was 31 at the time, even at 31, like th- that kind of support is really important. So I'm going to say that that's the most important advice he gave, but uh, lots of other great tips too. So uh, thanks again to Ben for joining us this week. If you want to get the resources, everything that we talked about, uh, you can head over to howibuilt.it slash 156 for the show notes and more. I don't often mention this, but there's a full transcript over there too. So if there's a point that um, maybe one of us made that you want to go back and read, uh, it's it's there, the full verbatim transcript. So check that out as well. Thanks to this week's sponsors, Text Expander and FreshBooks. Those are, I've got to tell you, they are two tools I am so happy to have in my life because they make my job easier. And the fact that they are sponsoring this podcast just makes me warm inside because uh, those are truly two products I can absolutely vouch for. So definitely check them out and uh, say thanks for sponsoring the show. If you liked this episode, be sure to subscribe and maybe, uh, you know, give us a rating and review over at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, If you want to learn more about my online courses, we talked about all sorts of online courses today. If you want to learn about mine and the membership, you can do that over at the show notes link. Again, that's howibuilt.it slash 156. Thanks so much for spending part of your day with us over here at How I Built It. And until next time, get out there and build something.